All right, some familiar territory for the N10 crew. Me and Flager are back. The OG crew for the first ever episode of N10 is back with you. Joe is absent, so we basically subbed in Flager. Joe's out, Flager's in. Welcome, Flager. Welcome back from a, from a long return. How, how, yeah. how, was, how was that? It's been a while. Um, yeah. Last weekend was family day weekend. I don't know if they have family day weekend in the States, actually, but in Canada, it was family day weekend. So I was up north with my family. We're doing lots of snowmobiling and other other um, outdoor activities. So that was it was a fun weekend. Yeah, that's one thing I've actually never done snowmobiling. So I, I actually really want to do that one day. But I, like I've done the what's it called the ATVing, but snowmobiling is yeah. one thing I want to do. Like especially when you have like a course you go on. Oh, must be beautiful. But yeah, there's a there's a lot of other beautiful stuff in the NHL because it's trade center. It's trade deadline day in two days. So. There's been a lot of deals. There's been a lot of acquisitions from teams, bad teams, good teams. We'll name a few to start off the episode, but later on in the episode, we'll do the hard hat, the plunger, the what you say, battle of the buds. And Joe Spicy Meatball is going to have to stay in the fridge for another week because he is not here because Joe's obviously not here and we can't do it without him. So we'll wait another week for Joe Spicy Meatball, but we'll get right into the trades in the last week of play. There's been a lot. Flagger started off. All right, first trade. Uh, was February 16th this week. Uh, David Quenville and a second-round pick are going to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Andy Green from the New York or from the Devils to the Islanders. Uh, Andy Green's contract is—I think he's getting overpaid, in my opinion. Um, in the Devils' case, uh, that's a good trade, in my opinion, getting a second-round pick for him and a. I think he's a prospect, David Quenville. Yeah, he is. And, uh, I mean, the Islanders are trying to make a push for the Stanley Cup. And Lou Lamorello is familiar with uh, Andy Green, former captain for his team. So he's acquiring a guy he's familiar with. And I believe uh, Andy Green's a UFA at the end of the year. Let me just check that to be sure. I, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. After yeah, he's a UFA. So, I mean, the Islanders don't really have to worry about anything after that. So he'll probably just walk or even retire from the game because he's been around a long, long time. So... I think with this, the Islanders are acquiring a depth defenseman for their playoff run. Yeah, and then the Devils continued to make moves, and they, they ended up moving Blake Coleman to the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for Nolan Foote, a 2020 conditional first-round pick. Uh, that conditional pick, basically, if the Canucks don't make the playoffs this season, then that pick turns into a first-round pick of the 2021 draft not this year's draft yeah and I, I i would i would go on the fence of saying the canucks will make the playoffs because their team's pretty damn good and they acquired someone else which is the next trade but we'll talk about it after this this trade has actually been getting a lot of like i don't know what the word is a lot of heat around wait the sorry which league. one the tofoli one or you're talking about no this one the blake coleman the foot one. yeah the foot and coleman one. yeah yeah wait so he, this one you mean like, it's been getting a lot of heat because that's a lot for Blake Coleman. I know he signed for an extra year. He's at $1.8 million, which is a great deal of a contract. But a Nolan foot and a first-round pick, a lot of fans in the NHL have been saying, like, why are you giving up a first-round pick and Nolan foot for Blake Coleman? Blake yeah, Coleman is, is going to be a depth player for the Lightning. He won't be anything besides a top six. He can move into there some games, but he's not going to be a consistent player. And Nolan Foote teared up the World Juniors a few months ago. His shot's unreal. And uh, now he's away from his brother because I believe his brother, uh, what's his brother's name? I forgot his name, but he's with the Tampa Bay organization. So they're split apart now. And uh, I think the New Jersey Devils have gotten a really good return for Blake Coleman. Yeah, they definitely did, I think. 
Um, Nolan Foote will be a, a very good NHL player in the next few years, I think. That's something that the Devils need. They need to do something with their roster. So I like that for the Devils. Yeah, I guess let's move on. Um, we already kind of mentioned it, but Tyler Toffoli was traded from the Kings this week to the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for Tim Schaller, uh, Tyler Madden, a 2020 second round pick and a 2022 conditional fourth round pick. Um, the condition is if the pick is transferred, the pick is transferred if Tyler Toffoli resigns with the Canucks. Um, so the Kings will only get that that pick if Toffoli resigns after this season. I'm pretty sure his cap hit is 4.6 mil right now. Um, I think he's going to be playing on the second line with the Canucks, uh, probably beside Pedersen. Yeah, Pedersen and I believe Vertanen or someone else there, but. I think JT, JT Miller. Yeah, or JT Miller. I don't know who it is, but Brock Besser's out for like a long time. So right now, Tyler Toffoli's kind of the interim Brock Besser. And then when he comes back, they're going to have a lot of firepower at the, on the forward uh, side yeah, of things. And um, before before we move on, Flager, I actually got a voice note from our good friend here, Matthew Zader. Uh, he's been a guest on this podcast uh, multiple times. We're going to play that clip right now and what he thinks about this Tyler Toffoli trade. So take it away, Matthew. I think the Canucks did a good job uh, getting to Foley. Uh, it helps Bo Horvat on the second line. Uh, he doesn't uh, have to do as much and uh, shut down with Erickson now. If Toffoli's on that uh, on that line, it's a lot more offensive. It's uh, it's not as much of a shutdown line now. Uh, they did pay a lot uh, for him, but uh, you know Tyler Mann didn't look like he was going to sign with us with the Canucks, and they didn't. Uh, if he did make the team he'd probably be a third fourth line center and Godet's kind of got that uh, third line center spot uh, locked down so uh, Madden is probably would be on the fourth line and I don't know if he would want to do that uh, and second round pick in there uh, you got to get something to uh, you got to do something to get something so I think Toffoli's a good pickup for the Canucks uh, they're going to you know, have a better better chance now. And uh, with Besser out for long term, uh, he also helps in the top six. Uh, and then when Besser returns, uh, the Canucks are pretty set, well set in that uh, top six. Bertanen can kind of take over on the first line for now. So, yeah, I, I really like the trade. It's not, uh, you know, I, it's it's a pretty big trade. And hopefully the Canucks can re-sign to Foley too, and then it'll be a great trade. Uh, in the end. So, yeah, I think it was a great trade. Yeah, great great analysis from the trade. Um, I, th- I In my opinion, I think, like, Vancouver is acquiring a guy who can pot some goals and who can play with some uh, good talent, like Pedersen, JT Miller, uh, Bo Horvat, whether it's on the power play or even strength. I think this is a good acquisition for the Vancouver Canucks. People say, like, Tyler Madden, a second-round pick, is a lot to give up, but... I mean, if you do make the playoffs, you, you've already won the season, Vancouver Canucks. So yeah. it's now going for the cup. Uh, maybe the Vancouver Canucks have no experience going to the cup finals. But, hey, stranger things have happened, and we've seen that before. Mark, uh, and a goalie like Markstrom can carry a team to playoffs with his play. He's been unreal this year, and now they have great forwards like Tyler Toffoli adding to it. I don't think the Canucks are done in the trading and trading no. season. they got two days left to make a trade. I believe they're not done, so... With adding Tyler Toffoli, they're going to get a lot of great scoring and a lot of depth scoring on their team. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. I think the Canucks are going to make another bigger move. Um, 
And I really like this trade. I think, obviously, they're in a playoff spot right now. I think they're going to make playoffs the way things are, are looking as of right now. Um, but, yeah, I think they're definitely in it. Not in it to win it necessarily. I don't think they're expecting a cup this season, but they're in it to make a make something like make a long run in the playoffs this year. That's what I think. Yeah. Anyways, we've been talking about that trade for a while. Yeah. Let's move on to the next deal that happened, and it was a bit of a smaller deal, but Julian Gauthier is going to the New York Rangers in exchange for Joey Keane. Uh, J- Julian Gauthier is a former 2016 first round pick of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. He played in the World Juniors for Team Canada. I just remember his big body and how they said he was going to be a great power forward. He has no relation to Frederick Gauthier, thank God. But uh, Julian Gauthier has seemed to be believed like a power forward. So, I mean, he's played seven NHL games. I believe he's recorded two points. So, hopefully the New York Rangers can get his like, career back on track. And, I mean, it's like a win-lose situation for both teams. So, that's a smaller deal there. Uh, the next deal which started off a trend on Tuesday with all defensemen kind of been being traded off the trade bait board. Dylan DeMello is going to the Winnipeg Jets for a third-round pick, which is going to the Ottawa Senators. What is your analysis on this trade, Flagger? Great trade for the Jets, and I'm pretty sure I called this trade last week. I said that the Jets were going to look to acquire a defenseman before the deadline. I don't know if Dylan DeMello was actually one of the players that I listed that they were going to look to target. Um, I might have said Alec Martinez or, or like a guy like that. Um, but anyways, I did say that the Jets were going to acquire a uh, defenseman, and they did. They traded a third-round pick for him, for Dylan DeMello. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you see Paul Maurice's comments after being asked about DeMello's debut for the Winnipeg Jets? I did see it. He, he uh, It was pretty funny. He basically said uh, like he was doing everything right. Passes were tape to tape. Chris passes. He was skating well, um, and Dylan DeMello is basically a coach's porn kind of player. <laughs> so that was really funny. That's that's our what you say of the week. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, I think I think that's a good trade for for both teams because the Jets need a defenseman, and Dylan DeMello yes. will, will turn into a solid defenseman down the road. I think, and the Sens are just loading up on picks right now. Yeah. Yeah, both both good acquisitions. I mean, like maybe you kind of got a bit more for Dylan DeMello, but again, you'll take a third round pick if the Winnipeg Jets are coming and knocking your door. So Dylan DeMello is going to be a solid D for their team. He, he's not going to get twenty points. He's not going to get twenty goals. You already know that. You're going to get solid defensive play, and he's yeah, he's been doing that with the Senators so far. He only has ten point zero goals, but that's on that's not what he's there to do. He should just keep the puck out of the net. And when you play on the Ottawa Senators, it's pretty hard to do that. But they're going to need uh, help for Connor Hellebuck, who's been flustered with pucks all year. So I think Dylan DeMello could come in there and fit well with the Winnipeg Jets. And he's also a right-hand defenseman. So I think it's a good trade for both sides. Yeah. Good analysis. Um, another defenseman was moved the same day, actually. Yep. And that defenseman was Brendan Dillon, got traded from the San Jose Sharks to the Washington Capitals in exchange for a 2020 second-round pick which was Colorado's pick, a 2020 conditional third-round pick. Uh, and that conditional pick is if the Washington Capitals win the Stanley Cup, then the 2021 third-round pick will instead become a 2020 third-round pick from Arizona that Washington previously acquired. So that's kind of confusing, but 
So. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think about this trade, Thomas? You know what? Like, it's it's a good return. I mean, Brendan Dillon, you know, he had that clip there. I think it was two days before he actually got traded uh, where he was crying during the media scrum. And I don't blame him. He's been in San Jose for a long time, since the 2014-15 season. He loves San Jose. He's been in the Stanley Cup Finals with San Jose. Hopefully he can win a cup with the Washington Capitals because they're pretty damn good. Um, Dylan, again, like Dylan DeMello, uh, Brandon Dylan is not going to score you 20 goals. He's not going to score you like over 20 points with the Washington Capitals, I'm saying. He's just going to keep the puck out of that. You know, he's had a tough time in San Jose all year. and Everyone's had a tough time. And I think Brandon Dillon just adding to that core of great defense around the Washington Capitals is just going to like for, boost their chances of winning the Stanley Cup because their goalies haven't been the greatest down this last stretch. And Flag will mention that later. He's giving out an award. Um, but, I mean, the Washington Capitals are set to go for that Stanley Cup again because like that window with OV and that Backstrom window is kind of closing soon. But... They're still good. They're still there, and Brandon Dillon's going to help on the defensive court for sure. They're realistically the Washington Capitals are realistically a, a cup contender. Yes, for sure. For sure. Agreed. Yeah, um, I'm expecting Brandon Dillon. I don't. I don't. I didn't watch the Capitals at all this week, but I think he might be playing on. He's definitely a top four defenseman there. I I don't know if he's playing on the top pair. Yeah, I'm I can't confirm. Not really that. sure. They don't really have a good left defenseman there. Yeah, they have like Orloff, Kempney, uh, Siegenthaler. Like Orloff's guys, right, but... right D, though. Kempney, yeah, he's all right. Anyways, yeah, Dylan will be probably playing in the top four. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that was a good trade for both teams, I think. And, obviously, uh, San Jose is getting good return for him. Uh, Brennan exactly. Dylan was undrafted, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, and look what he's done in his career. He's pretty damn good, so. Yeah, making millions. And yeah, and moving on to the next trade, the Montreal Canadiens were active on Tuesday. They dealt with the St. Louis Blues. They, the St. Louis Blues are acquiring Marco Scandella in exchange for his second-round pick and conditional fourth. Uh, Montreal received this 2021 fourth-round pick if St. Louis re-signs Scandella before October 7th, 2020, or if St. Louis wins two playoff rounds and he plays at least half of those games. So, again, this trade was kind of getting heat, and... You know, I, I, I mean, I see why it's getting heat. Marco Scandella for a second-round pick. Montreal recently acquired Marco Scandella for a fourth-round pick for the Buffalo Sabres. So they kind of swapped him for a second-round pick. And, I mean, like, that's a high price that St. Louis Blues paid. But then again, Jay Bomeister is probably not going to be playing hockey again this season because, you know, we haven't really... I think we, we kind of mentioned it last week, me and Joe, but he obviously had that uh, scary incident on the bench. And I think they need to acquire a guy like Marco Scandella to help the, that defensive core. He's left-handed. He has $2 million deal, and I'm pretty sure he's a RFA or a UFA at the end of the season. So I think like Marco Scandella is a perfect fit for that team. Just a bit of a high price. I mean, you know, I wish Joe was here because like I would ask him, what the hell is the Montreal Canadiens asking for Kovalchuk then if they got a second and a fourth for Scandella? <laughs> so for real? it's kind of weird, but yeah, I mean, you got the guy for a fourth like less than a month ago, and then you swap him for a second. Good deal for Montreal, in my opinion. Yeah, they flipped Scandella from I, you just said, I think, right? That they they traded him uh, or they acquired him for a fourth round pick, and yeah. now they're getting a second round pick for him mm-hmm. and a fourth round pick. So that was like a a nice flip for the Canadians. You got to feel bad for Scandella almost because he's been 
He's been with a lot of clubs in the last few years. I know he was with Minnesota for the longest time. And then he ended up, I think he signed with the Buffalo Sabres. No, it was traded. It was in the... He got traded? I believe Sabres? he was packaged with Ennis. Yeah. You no, Ennis was right going the other that. way. Yeah, he, like it was Ennis and something for Scandella, I think. Something like yeah, that. Something, yeah. Anyways, yeah, so he went from Minnesota um, to Buffalo back in 2017, 2016-2017 season. Then he went to St. Louis. And then from St. Louis to Montreal. I mean, sorry, <laughs> from Buffalo to Montreal. And then from Montreal now to St. Louis. So that's he's been moving around a lot. That sucks when you're not uh Yeah. Um like living in you, <laughs> you don't know like it would suck not knowing your future, you know what I mean? Like getting tossed around like that kind yeah, of Yeah, when you're walking shitty. suitcase, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. Anyways, let's move on to uh let's talk about our team for a little bit. The Toronto Ma- Toronto Maple Leafs, they made a few deals this week. Uh first one being well, actually, both of them were on February 19th. Uh, the Florida Panthers acquired Mason Marchmont from the Toronto Maple Leafs for Dennis Malgin. Uh, Thomas, I know you have some thoughts about this one. What do you think? Yeah, I, in my opinion, like I don't think Mason Marchmont was going to be that uh, NHL player. I don't think he was going to be a staple holder in the Leafs lineup for the future. So, I mean, getting rid of a guy like them is not is like uh, whatever. And then acquiring Dennis Malgin, he's an RFA at the end of the year. He has seven hundred fifty thousand on his contract till July first. So I mean, he's a pretty skilled guy. He's played with awesome athletes. Apparently, that's been like the storyline for like when acquiring him and asking about him. But he's a smaller guy. I mean, he's going to be a depth guy on this team, and he's honestly like a Nick Patan, but a right-handed shot. So I don't understand why the Leafs aren't calling up Nick Patan instead of making this deal. But then again, I, I've I've liked Dennis Mulgan in the NHL with the Florida Panthers. He's been pretty good, but he just hasn't fit in their lineup well. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and be like, oh, we're, we're now cup contenders because we acquired Dennis Mulligan. No, he's just going to be a depth player for the playoff drive. And yeah, I, I, I kind of like Dennis Mulligan as a player. And then another deal they made on that day, uh, they, they Leafs acquired Maxime Verano for Aaron Luchuk and a sixth round pick. Again, right-hander player, younger player for the Leafs they're acquiring. So just another depth player for their team going to the playoffs. How about you? What do you think about these two trades the Leafs made on February? Yeah, 19th? honestly, like I don't really have... I don't love them. I don't hate them. I'll put it that way. It's just they're kind of meaning, not meaningless, um, but they're not huge trades. I don't think they really change the Leafs roster too much. Um, they're both Verno and Malgan are both death death players, which you said already. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't love. I don't hate the trades. That makes sense. There was another big trade this week, um, the same day as the. Both the Leafs trades February nineteenth. Um, we've been talking a lot about defensemen that have been traded for mm-hmm. the deadline, and Alec Martinez was just another defenseman to get added to that list that was dealt this past week. Uh, the Kings traded Alec Martinez to the Vegas Golden Knights for a twenty twenty second round pick and a twenty twenty one second round pick, um, which is St. Louis's pick. Yep. Uh, what do you think about this, Thomas? I I really like this deal for for both sides because the Kings they need to go into a rebuild, and I think they're realizing yeah. that finally. Yeah. Um, dealing Alec Martinez away was the right decision. Getting two second round picks for him is great, I think, in my opinion. And on Vegas Golden Knights end, I I watched Alec Martinez his debut 
um, against the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think it was. Yeah. Alec Martinez is a really solid defenseman. Um, he he really kind of does everything. Like, if you need him to play defensively, if you want to put him out there on the penalty kill, he can box guys out in front of the net. If you want him to play on the power play, he can even do that. Um, he's a good defenseman, in my opinion, and I think people are really going to start to see that um, from now until the end of the season because he actually has a team to play with in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely right. And uh, with this trade, you know, I wasn't a big fan actually when it was announced, to be honest. Like, a big, I, not a big fan for who? No, like, I'm just not a huge fan of Alan Martinez. Oh, I see. I mean, just the trade itself, I think it's good. Like, Vegas knows what they're acquiring. I just wish Vegas would have got Dylan DeMello, a right handed defenseman, because the Vegas Golden Knights currently have no right handed defenseman in their lineup. So it's kind of concerning because you're getting left-handed defenseman playing on the right side and left-handed playing on the left side. You know what I mean? But yeah, that makes like sense. just the right-handed factor in the playoffs is like key. And, you know, but Alec Martinez, you know, that his debut was really, really good, a goal and assist in that one. And I feel like, you know, the two second round picks going for LA, I think that's correct. I think uh, they know what they're doing. And like you said, Flager, they're going to be rebuilding for the next couple of years. And just like a guy like Alec Martinez, he had two big goals heading into that 2014 Stanley Cup win. Uh, the one in Game 7 versus Chicago in overtime, and then the one in Game 5 in L.A. to win the Stanley Cup. You know, that famous call, Doc Emmerich, Alec Martinez, the Kings have won. Yeah. So they're kind of a dealing away, the guy, a guy they've been very, very familiar with in the Kings. So whenever he goes back to the Kings, I think he's going to get a nice video tribute there. And uh, I, I like the deal for both teams, to be honest now. But now that I'm really looking at it and assessing it, yeah, I really like both, te- uh, both deals. I kind of found it funny because he scored in his debut and one of our listeners who's in our fantasy hockey league actually um, mentioned that Alec Martinez scored both of his goals that he scored this season were both um, at Vegas's home arena, which was kind of funny. Yeah, it's kind of cool too. Um, so uh, there was like three minor league deals, so we won't mention them, but Another deal that just happened yesterday, and the Boston Bruins were active in the trade market with the Anaheim Ducks. They'd acquired Andre Cache in exchange for a 2020 first-round pick, Axel Anderson, and somewhat of David Backus's contract. Flager, your analysis on the trade. I really like this trade for both teams. Um, so on Boston's end, they were trying to get rid of David Backus, this big contract. Well, no, it's not a huge contract, but they were trying to free up a little bit of cap space and in return they got Andre Cache who is going to be a second line winger which by the way I called that last week I said that the Boston Bruins would trade they would go out and acquire a winger before the deadline to play on the second line with David Krejci so pat on the back for me there um, anyway so but the Bruins <laughs> had to give up a first round pick yeah in order to convince the Ducks to take on David Backus' contract, mm-hmm. and they threw in a prospect in um, Axel Anderson there. So it's a good trade for both teams. I think the Ducks, now they have a first-round pick to work off of um, in this year's draft, and now the Bruins are in it to win it. Uh, now they have a, a, a solid second-line winger when Andre Cash is back, mm-hmm. which I don't know when that'll be. I know yeah, Cash has been out for... Maybe two weeks almost with an yeah, illness. Like that. How how long can he get sick? Like I don't know what he's sick with. But... 
kind of weird. But yeah, that's what I think about that trade. It's good for both teams. Yeah. I, I think um, the Boston Bruins are acquiring a fast 24-year-old. Uh, he has one more year left on his $2.6 million deal. He's an RFA at the end of the at the end of the deal. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, Andre Cash is walking in a free agency when his deal is done with the Boston Bruins. I mean, this kind of tells a lot of people and it kind of tells me that they might they might be out of Chris Kreider and his their chances with him just acquiring yeah. with Andre Cache. You know, Andre Cache is not Chris Kreider, like he's not that powerful hitter, but he's almost as fast as Chris Kreider. So, I mean, that's a good plan B for the Boston Bruins and I think Andre Cache will be really good in that playoff drive. And uh, with the Anaheim Ducks, as you said, Flager, they're rebuilding. They're getting what they need. Um, you know, they know they're not going to be good, so might as well take on a contract. But trading Andre Cash away from the Anaheim Ducks is kind of like, it's like, oh, man, like we're losing good young player. But <clears throat> we have some good ones coming up the pipeline, and we're going to draft some good ones in the future. So hopefully that happens. But, yeah, good deal for both sides. I like this trade for the Boston Bruins especially. Honestly, though, the Ducks, if they really want to, they could go out and sign him this season. I mean this summer. Once he does become a free agent, right? So, um, but yeah, um, I was actually a little bit surprised that the Ducks, I thought the Ducks were going to be quieter, to be honest. I didn't think, I wasn't expecting the Ducks to make a move like this. I didn't mention that yet. Um, but I, I think Cash was the only player that they were willing to move. So it makes sense why they actually went out and made a trade like this. And then the Vegas Golden Knights were also back in the trade column yesterday. They traded away Cody Eakin uh, and his contract, especially in that move, for a conditional fourth-round pick. The conditions are the fourth-round pick upgrades to a 2021 third-round pick if Winnipeg makes the playoffs or re-signs Eakin before July 5th, 2020. I, 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 I can't get a read on this trade just yet. I haven't like read through Twitter enough on this trade, but... I believe, like, from just looking at it, I think they're just trading the contract of Cody Eakin to free up cap space for a move they might make on trade deadline day. I don't yeah, know that's it, that's exactly what I'm thinking here, too. Yeah, so it's kind of weird. But like, who would they – you think, like, Kreider or something? Like, I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe Pajot? Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, that could be a, a good one, actually. Because, like, like, I think Cody Eakin – like, uh, obviously you got that – we all remember that penalty that shouldn't have been a penalty against Joe Pavelski last year, and they kind of ruined their chances of uh, going uh, to second round Vegas. But I believe Cody Eakins, like, not that, you know, perfect build playoff player, but he definitely can play in the playoffs. He has some grit. He has some toughness. He has some scoring ability. So, I mean, why trade, why trade away a guy like that when Vegas probably needs him for the playoff drive? But this kind of tells me, okay, they're getting rid of his contract to free up cap space to, A, either acquire a guy with better and better talent and a lesser contract or acquire a guy who's going to expire at the end of the year and hopefully, you know, makes an impact on their team going to the playoffs. I don't know, but kind of I weird really, one for me. I'm really wondering now who they're thinking of acquiring. Yeah. Because obviously this trade was just the contract. Yeah, it like seems like getting it. Rid of that huge contract. I don't know. I don't know who they're going to go out and get. Maybe they won't even end up getting <laughs> anyone. Yeah, maybe it's for the offseason. Because I, I don't know who is a UFA on the Vegas Golden Knights. So I will check that right now. Yeah, I'm literally going to do that right now. Ryan Reeves, um, Chandler Stevenson's an RFA, Thomas Nosek, William Carrier, Nikolai, Nikolai Waugh, uh, Nick Holden, John Merrill. So guys like that. Malcolm Subban. So maybe they're freeing up cap space for those guys. So Yeah, that could be it. 
that yeah. could be it. So we'll see. I mean, Vegas is a very, very good team. I had them winning the division, I believe, at the beginning of the year. They could still do that. Uh, the Pacific's been kind of a mess this year in terms of, of yeah. knowing where teams are going to finish. But, yeah, Vegas is a very good team. I think they will uh, make some damage in the playoffs for sure. So uh, that's enough trade talk. Next episode, we will talk about all the trades that happen on trade deadline day. Hopefully, it's not a boring day because for the last three years, we've known every deal and there's been deals done before the deadline. So I'm praying that there's actually deals so I'm not wasting my time watching TV for like 12 hours. So hopefully. Um, we'll move right into the award segment of the episode. We'll start off with the hard hat. I'll start off with my hard hat recipient. It's going to be that German forward on the Edmonton Oilers, Leon Dreisaitl. I know someone is going to be very happy listening to this episode right now because I'm picking this guy and he has him on his team. And I'll tell you why I have him as my uh, hard hat winner. He has three goals, four assists, seven points, one power play assist, one game winning goal. 56 for 46 on the faceoff dot this past week of play. He has been stepping up really, really good for this Edmonton Oilers team, despite McDavid going down with injury, despite Oscar Kleffbaum going down with injury, and despite Isaac Cassian missing a couple games due to his kicking incident on uh, Eric Schernack a couple weeks ago. He's been stepping up. He's been doing his part in the Edmonton Oilers. The depth needs to step up for the Edmonton Oilers in order to have some wins. They lost last night to the Minnesota Wild in a Jared Spurgeon hat trick. That guy also has him too, so he knows who he is. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl is probably his favorite player, so I'm going to take Leon Dreisaitl. He's been picked, I think, probably three times by us, so he really deserves it. He's been stepping up for the Oilers immensely. Yeah, talking about putting the Oilers on your back, he, he really stepped in when McDavid got injured. Did McDavid end up playing yesterday? No, he did not. I think he's out for another week or so. Okay, I know that there was like speculation that he could couple days uh, i think might have came back, back yesterday but yeah i wasn't really following i didn't end up um like following that game at all yesterday so i didn't know um all right my pick this week is going to an ottawa senator surprisingly <laughs> enough john gabriel john gabriel pajot is getting my hard hat this week he has three goals three assists and six points in the last seven days two power play Goals and two shorthanded assists, which is hmm. very shocking. You don't see a multi shorthanded point uh, weeks by players too often. Yeah. Um, he also went 41 for 68 in the faceoff circle this week, which was just over 60% of the dot, which is really, really good. He was just completely dominant this week. And I was reading earlier today that he's in contract talks with the Ottawa Senators. And Thomas, I have a question for you. This could be a spicy meatball this week because Joe's not here. Yeah. Should Jean-Gabriel Pajot stay with the Senators? Should he re-sign there? No. And I'll no. tell you why. Okay. Let's they hear. could get a lot for him from teams that are desperate to make the playoffs. If the, 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 the Senators know they're not going to be good for the next few years. Get some picks. Get some prospects. You can for Jean-Gabriel Pajot. His, his stock is a high right now. The highest it's ever going to be probably and like as a senator. So let's trade him. Let's get some picks. Let's get some rebuilding tools. And let's let's do it, man. Like if someone's going to knock at your door and say, hey, we'll give you a first-round pick for Jean-Gabriel Pajot, you got to take it. The centers aren't going to be good. Why do you need Jean-Gabriel Pajot on your team? If he wants to re-sign in the offseason, fine. If he wants to re-sign in a few years, fine. When they're good, go ahead. But trade him now. Because you, what you can get from him is key for the future of the Ottawa Senators. Okay, yeah. And 
if you look at it from an organization standpoint, like mm-hmm. the Ottawa Senators standpoint, yes, I agree with everything you just said. If I were Paggio, personally, I would try to resign with the Ottawa Senators because I think you could get the money out of them, first of all. Mm-hmm. Second of all, in the next two drafts, 2020 draft and 2021 draft, the Ottawa Senators have two first or three first round picks, six second round picks, <laughs> three third round picks, and a bunch of other picks past that. Uh, I think the, that the Ottawa Senators are really going to turn things around within the next five, six years. So if you sign a contract that long uh, and you decide to stick around there, honestly, it could be worth the wait in the long term. That's but... I'm I'm thinking simply. <laughs> From Pajot's standpoint, resigning. I'm not. I'm not um, considering. How about this? Senators. What? Do you want a cup or do you want a draft lottery spot, Jean Gabriel Pajot? Pick one. I'm sure he's gonna pick the cup. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get. I get what you're saying. So, but no, I completely get what you're saying. Like he's gonna get a lot of money if he resigns with Ottawa because a he's having a great season and b he's been there for a long time and c he's been a great player for the Ottawa Senators. So and he d, will I rinse think... them. I'm pretty sure that they have the cap to do yeah. so. Like yeah, exactly. For a sure. huge deal too. Just, but I, it's smart to move them. It could hurt the Senators, though, if they do sign him to a big deal. Because then, once they do get all these prospects, mm-hmm. if they draft well and their prospects turn into good NHL players, then they're mm-hmm. going to need that money to yeah. sign the prospects. So from the Senators' stand- standpoint, everything you said, Thomas, makes sense. I wouldn't try to resign him. I'd probably trade him, try to get something out of him um, to help you in the future. But from Pajot's standpoint, I'd be trying to sign an Ottawa. Yep. That does it for the hard hat. We'll move on to the golden plunger. So give a big flush of the toilet for these guys we picked. And uh, let's get her done. So my pick of the week is a Maple Leaf defenseman that is having an unacceptable year of play. But an even more unacceptable week of play, Tyson Berry, number 94 for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's had zero points, and he hasn't been a minus three in the last four games, dating back to the last game in Ottawa last week. Um, In this stretch drive of the season, you're going to need a guy like Tyson Berry to step up with points, whether it's five on five, whether it's on the power play. You're going to need points from a defenseman. Um, I think on Thursday, Ray Ferraro set a stat about the Leafs having like lackluster goals from a defenseman. And that's coming off a year where Morgan Riley, one of your defensemen last year, had 20 goals and led the National Hockey League in point scoring for a def- or goal scoring from a defenseman. You add Tyson Berry in the offseason. I really love Tyson Berry. Like, he's one of my favorite defensemen in the National Hockey League when he was on the Colorado Avalanche. But this year, he is having a low season for the Maple Leafs. He looks lost in the first game. Everyone was so excited for his moves, his stick handling, his spinoramas, his rushes. And I haven't seen that since. So... Tyson Berry really needs to wake up for this team. There's even rumor he might get traded at the trade deadline, which is, you know, a frown because I really wanted to see Tyson Berry excel with the Leafs and with the superstars around him. I don't, I didn't see why he wouldn't excel. So this is a one for me that's kind of tough to give out, and it's deserving to give out as well because he's he's been bad this season, and I really love Tyson Berry, but. Man, he's got to really step up for this Leafs team if they want success. And, you know, he's an offensive scoring defenseman. He's a right-handed defenseman. And I really hope everything the best for him. But I don't think he's going to get re-signed just because of this bad year. And with the money he's commanding from the Leafs and 
on the market. I don't know, but Tyson Berry is my recipient for the Golden Plunger Award this week. Yeah, that was that was a nice little little rant that you went on there. <laughs> yeah, um, a good pick for this week, definitely yeah. a good pick. Um, I'm gonna give my Golden Plunger to a team this week. And I'm going to give it to the Washington Capitals because the Washington Capitals, the last time I recorded a podcast episode with you guys, Thomas, which was what, like two weeks, three weeks ago, maybe. I'm pretty sure the Washington Capitals were um, top of the Metropolitan Division by uh, quite a bit of points, mm-hmm. I, I think, if I recall correctly. And in their last 10 games, they're 3-6-1, and one, and they just completely fell to that top spot. Pittsburgh has... Well, they're actually, I guess Pittsburgh and Washington are tied both for that top spot right now with 80 points, um, but Pittsburgh has a game in hand, so currently Pittsburgh is sitting in that top spot right now. Um, but the Capitals just kind of went on a shitty little streak here. They're 3-6-1 in their last 10. I just mentioned that. 1-3-1 mm-hmm. in their last five games, and they're currently on a three-game losing streak. In their last eight games, they have a 3.75 goals against average, which is not very good. And the fact that they just lost that top spot in the Metro like that really just sucks. And that's why yeah. I'm giving my plunger to the Washington Capitals. Yeah, I have uh, Sam Sonoff playing at 1 o'clock. It's, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably out the episode, so he's probably playing. He's either losing or winning against the New Jersey Devils. But, I mean, I need him to win. So hopefully this golden plunger works its magic once again, like it's always done every, every uh, episode. So... Yeah, that's a really good pick, Flager, especially because they lost the spot in the Metro. That's tough. I mean, the Washington Capitals are a great team, just a bad stretch of play in its last ten, so or last eight to game. Sorry. Honestly, though, it's better that you get a bad stretch out now rather yes. than in the playoffs, right? So exactly. I think yeah, the Capitals they're gonna do some damage this year in the Stanley Cup playoffs for sure. Um. I guess we kind of mentioned the what you say at the beginning of the episode with Dylan DeMello and Paul Maurice saying his press conference. So, I mean, yeah, I'll probably play the audio at, the, at that part. So let's get right into the Bower of the Buds where Flager had a six-game week. And uh, let's uh, recap that six-game week for you, Flager. All right. So I went two and four this week. <laughs> um, honestly, the fact that I picked six games was actually difficult. Looking yes. back, I should have just picked maybe three or four, and then just added an extra game every week from now until the end of the season, maybe. Um, because it was it was tough to pick, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, the Capitals lost against the Coyotes for me. The yeah. Avs lost to the Kings, which was shocking. The Leafs lost to the Sabres. Hmm. Uh, and then the Flames beat the Ducks. The Blues beat the Devils. And then the Caps lost to the Habs, man. Like. I just gave my golden plunger to the Caps, and they they really let me down this week. Yeah. But yeah, there was three big upsets there, in my opinion. Um, Thomas, though, man, you swept the week. You uh, the Bruins beat the Red Wings uh, last Saturday, and then February eighteenth, the Jets beat the Kings, and then the next day, the following day after, February nineteenth, uh, the Stars beat the Coyotes for you. Joe went two and one. Um, the Penguins beat the Red Wings on February 16th for him. He picked the Capitals to beat the Golden Knights, which the Capitals, they are on a three-game losing streak right now, so of course they lost that game. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually, I'm surprised Joe picked that game, to be honest. That's a close game. Um, and then the Bruins beat the Oilers for him on February 19th, so he finished 
the week two and one. Um, these are our updated records, right? Joe is 33 yes. and 21. Yep. Thomas, you are 34 and 20. Uh, you two are very close. And then I'm kind of out of the loop right now. I'm 26 <laughs> and 28. So I got a lot of cashing up to do. It's possible. I can still come back. Yeah. Time's running out, though, slowly. Yeah. All right. So this week, I, I guess I'll start us off. I always yeah, start, start us off. off. Um, I'm going to be taking the Colorado Avalanche to beat the Kings tonight. Um, they're actually The Avs are actually in LA tonight, and I think they might be playing on a back-to-back. That doesn't matter, in my opinion. I think the Avs are clearly the better team. They should take that one. Maybe we'll see an upset. I, I really hope not. Um, and then February 23rd is my next game. I'm going to take the Golden Knights to beat the Anaheim Ducks. The Golden Knights, I did a little bit of SDQL research. Um, the Golden Knights are seven and two on back to on the second half of back to backs this year, and five and one when on the second half of a back to back when they're playing on the road. So that that's kind of an interesting stat there. That's a big reason why I'm taking the Golden Knights in that one. And then my last game, February twenty seventh, I'm taking the Tampa Bay Lightning to beat the Chicago Blackhawks mm-hmm. um, because the Lightning are just super dominant and the Blackhawks going to be on a road they're going to be in the middle of their Eastern Conference road trip um, in that one so that's why I'm taking the Lightning there yep and then I'll move to my picks uh, so I went 3-0 as Beflager mentioned before perfect week this week and moving into this week I'm taking the Capitals at the Devils today that game is probably being played as I'm speaking right now because it is a 1 o'clock start um, then I'm taking the Avs who are host of the Sabres on February 26th and then I'm taking the Canucks as the away side versus the Senators on February 27th. Then moving to Joe's, he is taking the Rangers, who are hosting the Sharks tonight, the Penguins, who rush into Washington to play the Capitals on February 23rd, and then the Flames battle the last-place Red Wings, eliminated Red Wings, tomorrow night, February 23rd. So, all good picks around. Plager really needs to bounce back. Joe is right up my ass. So we're getting, we're, we're getting into a good Battle of the Buds drive. Just I wish Flager, man. Gotta get that I winning know. record. I know it's been tough, man. It's not. It hasn't been a great season for that. It was. It was really good last year. I just know what happened. You fell off a cliff, man. Eighteen. Hey, at at least down. two of you are close for yeah, the top yeah. spot. That's that's a good thing. That's really um, all we can offer today, I think. Yeah, that's, that's that's actually pretty much it. I mean, spicy meatball still in the fridge, still cooking up. So <laughs> we'll get that next week. Uh, I just want to go down to the predictions for a second. We forgot to mention me and Joe last week, and this was Joe's prediction. I said at least two more coaches will be fired before the end of the regular season. So that was episode 14 of season two. And there's been one fired since then. So Barbecue Bruce was fired last week. There's one more still to go for Joe's prediction to be right. So I don't know who it is. Do, does someone fire someone? I mean, the trade deadline's approaching. You kind of know your direction of your team. So why would you get rid of a coach if you know the re- direction of your team after the trade deadline? Kind of weird, but hey, if one more happens, Joe gets it right. So good for Joe. Yeah. And then you obviously uh, predicted Dylan DeMello going to the Winnipeg Jets. So congratulations there. And Andre, Ka- well, I didn't say Cash was going to go directly to the Bruins, but I did say that the Bruins were going to get a winger to play. Yeah. So that I also got right too. For sure. And uh, an injury update, uh, Miko Ranton on Monday night had a, oof, a bad injury against the Tampa Lightning. He will be out for six to eight weeks with the collarbone injury. So I ask you, Flager, 
who is the Colorado Avalanche acquiring to replace the offensive ability of Mika Rantanen? Uh, Chris Kreider, maybe? That's I perfect. don't know. That's what I was looking That's, for. Do you actually think they're going to do it? I think they should. I, and I'm going to check out friendly right now. I want to see if they have the cap space. Oh, team. they do. I think they, they, they so do. Much. They definitely do, right? Yeah, so I was watching the stadium series last week, and it was the Los Angeles Kings versus the Colorado Avalanche. Philip Grubauer went down with an injury, so that would have been after we recorded, and we couldn't tell you guys. But I really think the New York Rangers and the Colorado Avalanche should make a trade to package uh, Alexander Georgiev and Chris Kreider going to the Colorado Avalanche. I will call that now. If that doesn't happen, I'll be disappointed because Grubauer is going to be out indefinitely. Pavel Francouz, could he get the job done until the Stanley Cup playoffs? I don't know. He could, could get hot. You never know. You never know. Yeah. Could Alexander Georgiev? Maybe. But that's two goalie goalies that can get you, you know, be a good tandem for the rest of the season and could get you into that playoffs. And then with adding Chris Kreider, you're adding a lot of speed, a lot of grit. And I said last week that they should be targeting Chris Kreider because they have a lot of cap space right now. So with that being said, that uh, wraps up episode 19 of End to End. The trade deadline is on February 24th, so that's on Monday. And it ends at 3 o'clock, but it actually doesn't really end at 3 o'clock. There's always trades that uh, comes in at the end, so... We'll see uh, who gets traded, who gets dealt, what teams are in play, and what teams aren't in play on that day. Because there's usually a lot of teams that aren't, and it's pretty boring. So, I always end the episode with the point leaders, goal leaders, and the win leaders. The point leader in the NHL right now is uh, that German forward, number 29, Leon Dreisaitl, with 97 points. The goal leaders is tied with Austin Matthews and David Pasternak with 43 goals. And then the win leader is still Andre Vasilevsky with 32 wins on the season. So... Stay tuned for the deadline. We'll have you all updated on the Breakdown Sports Twitter, so follow that for any updates. And uh, yeah, N10 will be back next Saturday. Join us. Woo!